Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Nigel, Jerry Lopez, filling in for Hammer. Also joining us in studio, Abdul Akeem Shabazz, attorney at law, uh, instructor at uh, where? U of I? University of Indianapolis, yeah. And, um, General uh, pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> uh, IndyPolitics.org is uh, your uh, website. Biggest news story in Indiana this year thus far? With- uh, I would say the biggest news story with massive repercussions uh, was the decision that was put out last week. Uh, in Mary in Marion County Court by Judge Patrick Dietrich, basically saying that uh, the law that requires a candidate uh, if they want to run in a primary to have voted in two previous primaries uh, violates the U.S. and the state constitution. That has some major political ground swelling. Now a lot of folks in our audience are like, oh, so who cares? What does that mean? Like, well, uh, well what does that mean? Explain uh, the law that was in place. Well, before. under law, uh, Indiana is you no know, Republican, Democrat. They're two major major parties. Uh, if you want to run, run as a Republican or a Democrat, uh, you have to have voted in either two previous Republican or Democrat primaries, or get a get permission from your county chairperson, like sign a letter. Yeah, you're Republican in good good standing. <laughs> so one person could yeah. decide your fate yeah. if you had not voted in a couple of different primaries. Yes. Um, so seems weird. But but what uh, Judge Dietrich did, who's by the way is a Republican judge, a Republican appointed judge, by the way, said that that. Uh, by adding those, adding those qualifications, it violates the federal and the state constitution. The federal constitution gets in the, gets in the weeds. It's like the first, fourteenth, and actually the seventeenth amendment, which I thought was interesting. But it was the state constitution part uh, that made it interesting because what he said was that by saying that someone has to vote in two previous primaries, you're adding what's called additional qualifications to the office. Because say to be governor, you got to be like no, say thirty five years old and be a resident of Indiana. That's that's what the Constitution says. That that's it. But by saying you had to vote in two previous primaries to run in a Republican, to run as a Republican, that violates the state constitution. That has major shockwaves right now. now. You and Rob, you and Rob Kendall talked a lot about this over the past few weeks. Who brought forth the lawsuit? Uh, John Rust, uh, who's a candidate for the U.S. Senate. You, you're from, you're from Mr. Rust. You get all these emails all the, all the time. <laughs> I get this guy. <laughs> I get like 18 different emails from John Rust a day. There's no unsubscribe button, John. <laughs> yeah. So he. So what? So what happened with him? What particip, per, precipitated him to um, file this lawsuit? Uh, John hadn't voted in two previous Republican primaries because he wanted to run against Jim Banks uh, in the U.S. Senate next Senate. year in the, in, the, yeah. in the primary, and he went to uh, his county chairperson, uh, who she said, "No, I'm not going to sign your letter. <laughs> I'm not going to say you're in good standing." And had she just done that, just let him let him go, let him just let let him go do, it, let him run, let him lose or whatever, then that would have been fine. Does that seem like a strange law to you, Abdul? Um, I, mean, I, have a, I have a major problem with Indiana's primary system to begin with because it's it's a taxpayer funded activity, and it's political parties choosing their candidates, and so either have an open primary where people can run and then the top two vote getters face off in the general election, or you guys go have your nominating conventions. What, but, but what was the thinking behind this law? The, the... Trey Hollingsworth. <laughs> okay. Uh, because when the law was changed, uh, Trey Hollingsworth had ran uh, for Congress. Uh, I want to say back in back in the, the uh, back in the last decade, and so legislation was uh, was pushed in to kind of stop that from happening. I, I still don't. I, I don't get it. Like like if you. 
If you didn't vote in two previous primaries as a Republican, you can't run as a Republican. And and the and the, and the Republican and you can't run you can't run the Republican primary. I, I, but but what does it matter if you voted or not? What what were they trying to prevent? Uh, basically, basically, just sort of uh, put put up another put up another barrier. Okay. For participation, because here's the other thing too is, uh, under under this law, 87 percent of Hoosiers would be ineligible for voting to run as a Republican in a Republican primary. And if you're and if you're a younger oh, yeah. person too, let's say you only got here in like when you're 18 years old, well, if the if the office yeah. says you can be 18 when run, but says well you can't run as a Republican because you were here for two years, <laughs> you, you see how this could be a little bit of a of a disaster. And I think I think it's funny how it, it was also up to one person. Yes. Um, to decide, and this person, whoever it was, did not let Jen said now. Who was it? The commissioner? Some commissioner or something? Yeah. That said, no. The, 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 county, yeah, the county chairperson in, in Jackson County. Why did they say? Do they have to offer a reason nope. why? Just be totally arbitrary. So, so who is John Rust then? Who who is he? Does he have a lot of money? Yeah, is, would, is he a threat to Jim Banks? And uh, his be, I guess because, John, because because John Rust has has can financially run a competitive race. That's what people, folks were worried or concerned about. So, what what was the response from the Banks campaign, or was there? Um, nothing yet. Uh, nothing 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 I've seen so far. But but they do, they do plan to appeal. Uh, the decision to the appellate court and, po- and possibly to the Supreme Court because it says this law violates. They are appealing. Yeah, the, the law violates the state constitution. And, and Todd Rakita is handling the appeal, which means it'll probably get shot down. But that's a whole other story for another time. Uh, but no, no. The, the thing is, no. This has major, major political repercussions. I would say this is the biggest political story. Wow. Uh, in Indiana in twenty twenty three, and actually, I would say probably in Indiana political history. Crazy stuff. We're here uh, speaking with Abdul. Abdul at Large is your show here on Saturdays on 93 WIBC. I've noticed on IndiePolitics.org you've been talking to some of the candidates for governor of 2024. Yes. Uh, tell me about this Chambers guy. Uh, Brad Chambers, uh, head of the Indiana, uh, former Secretary of Commerce under Eric Holcomb, Indiana, Indiana Economic Development Commission. So he was he was Holcomb's commerce guy. Yeah, uh, right? just like uh, Eric Doden was uh, Mike Pence's commerce commerce guy. Yeah, uh, good guy, really sharp, uh, a little bit on the introverted side. He's kind of coming out of a shell a, a little bit. Uh, no, like I said, no. I think uh, between Eric Doden, Brad Chambers, Suzanne Crouch, uh, Mike Braun, um, and Curtis Hill. Uh, Indiana has a has a has a good crop of candidates to pick from. There, there's not a whole lot of lot of difference be- between the two. Now, Chambers is the only one who says that the Leap District and the water thing is actually a good a good idea. You're gonna, you're gonna have to take me down that road too. This water district. I heard Rob talking about it the, the other day. Yeah. See, here here here's the thing. <laughs> water is like electricity, and it's like coal. We, we, it is not uncommon that we take water or electricity or coal from one place and move it to another, move it to another place. The, the question is, is does Indiana have the water supply to do what they want to do to right. take water from Tippecanoe County and move it to Boone so County? They, so the Tippecanoe County, they want to build a pipeline to Boone County, right? Right. And they're opposing this. Uh, why? Uh, basically saying that Indiana doesn't have the... First of all, uh, Indiana has a water issue. We don't know how, how big a water the water issue is. So, so part of what we're doing is we're we're going to do do a study to see, you know, can you can you build a pipeline, you know, from Tippecanoe County to to Boone County? And and please note, uh, this impacts the entire state because it goes along the Wabash River. Because I want to say the the new mayor of Terre Haute was expressing concerns like, hey, if you guys be taking water from up there, what's going to do for us for us? 
down here. So so one of the things that needs to be done is, is a water study to see what Indiana's water supply actually is. Talk what's, about, this, what's this going to do for Boone County and who's going to pay for it all? Um, like I said, uh, that remains to be seen. But but the, but the first but first and foremost, got to figure out to actually have the water there t- to begin with. All right. So, okay. And Chambers is for this. Yeah, because it happened in the Chambers is Washington with Secretary of Commerce. Okay. All right. I got you. So and where is he at on medicinal marijuana? I know actually, that's a, actually open to it. Uh, are any of the other candidates nope. opening open to any of that? Curtis Hills against it. Suzanne Crouch is against it. Medicinal. Medicinal. Well, I'm not talking about recreational here. Yeah. Yeah, Chambers says he Chambers Chambers did not say no. It's like he's has some concerns about recreational, but he's open to medicinal. Like, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's do some research and have a study. Is that a bonus? In, I, w- I in would your say. Eye? I mean, is that? I would say uh, if 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 marijuana is one of your issues, then how, once how big of an issue is it though in this state? I mean, it's. It's, I, I, I call marijuana legalization an existential issue. How, how about how about we do it that way? It, it's out there, but no one's nobody's going to win or lose over it. But in a, but in a race of five, you know, five Republican candidates for governor, if, if that's your issue, it gives you an edge. But it just seems like like Ohio, Michigan, yep, uh, Illinois, Illinois, Kentucky. We yep. are surrounded by states that have uh, eased back on the marijuana laws. Yeah, and uh, it seems and and, and and this argument that. Well, if you legalize it, people be driving high. Well, newsflash: people been doing it already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course. Now, now, now I, the question uh, is: how do you how do you test driving impairment? Which is a fair question because there's no because once you use it, it's in your system for about a month or so. You know, were you impaired at the time? That, oh yeah, that 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 makes sense. But, but but the argument that Holcomb has always said is that it's still on the federal level illegal. What do you think about that argument? And it seems like other states have figured that out a, a way around. Well, that. That, that's more of a philosophical argument than 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 a legal argument. Uh, and I would argue technically that the federal government has to appoint uh, decriminalized marijuana because in, in every budget in every year they do a budget appropriation, they say you can't use federal funds to go after people for simple possession. Yeah. So from that yeah. from that perspective, it's already. And if you ask if you ask state police or any law enforcement, like we have other things, we have we have we have more important things to do than. Than that. We're speaking with Abdul Akim Shabazz, IndiePolitics.org. And a final question here um, as we round out 2023. 2024 is going to be a, an interesting year, especially with the um, presidential race, the, the presidential the race, race, the U.S. Gubernate, Senate race, yeah, the I mean, legislative uh, race. Yes, I'm, 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 you, can, you can see the excitement on my face. <laughs> I've never known a black man could be so happy. Any, any predictions on the uh, presidential ele- election? A lot of different uh, things could happen. Uh, nothing yet. Uh, but one thing people need to keep in mind is respect to polling, and particularly polling right now. Polling right now is more of a beauty contest, and it doesn't mean a darn thing. Because uh, day in politics is a lifetime. We've got 11 months to go before election Long time. time to go. Anything can happen, so I just leave it at that. And the governor's race for Indiana. I mean, is it Mike Braun's to lose at this point because he's a senator? And I, would, I would say Mike him? Braun's technically the front runner because he's got the most name ID, but being the front runner right now is like being the tallest midget in the room. <laughs> So there you go. <laughs> There's something politically incorrect about that statement. I'm not sure what it is. But Everything's politically sure. incorrect, but I've never been accused of being politically correct, so I'm not going to start now. I'm too damn old. <laughs> Where can people find your work, get a hold of you? and uh, IndyPolitics.org. Uh, uh, Abdul at IndyPolitics.org is my email address. Also follow us on Twitter at IndyPoliticsORG. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And uh, have a great weekend. You too, my friend. All right, see ya. It's a Hammer and Nigel show.